Okay, well, we thank you all for coming because we're trying to revitalize the Jewish vegetarian society. It's essential that we have it in Israel. Because as you all well know, a tradition states, Ki mitzion teitzei Torah udavah Hashem Yerushalayim. Can you imagine when vegetarian is so important, can you imagine not having a Jewish vegetarian society in Israel, in Yerushalayim? As uh, Dan pointed out, this was a dream of Philip Pick. His picture is right up there, by the way. And he started the International Jewish Vegetarian Society in London, I think in the middle 60s, and really did a lot, and uh, people still are carrying on. But his dream was to have the center here. We started it, and uh, it's essential to revitalize that we have meetings. People like Shaya Kelter here had wonderful vegetarian tubers fatsaders. There were other important meetings, so this is essential. Now, it's also essential because, unfortunately, there's an epidemic of disease afflicting the Jewish people in Israel, United States, throughout the world. And we all know, as Dan pointed out, that shifting to a delicious, nutritious, plant-based diet can make a major, major difference in that. And we also know it's essential that there be a Jewish vegetarian society, that our message go out far and wide, because the entire planet is threatened by global warming, many other environmental threats today. And just to give an example, in Israel, thank God we had some wonderful rain. Did it rain in Jerusalem also yesterday? It rained quite a bit where we were in Beit Shemesh. So we get some rain, but Israel now has the worst drought it's had in 40 years. And the projections by the international, the Israeli Union for Environmental Defense are for up to 30% less rain. Can you imagine uh, 30% less rain? And when that rain comes down, it's often in buckets. It's either all or nothing. And heat waves, it could be an average temperature increase of 6 degrees Fahrenheit. Has it become warmer in Jerusalem in recent years? Imagine another six degrees Fahrenheit, heat waves, all kinds of problems. Well, okay, Celsius, well, take Celsius and multiply by nine-fifths and you'll get the change. So figure three, could be three or four degrees Celsius. So these are major changes, and this is melting the polar ice caps, the glaciers are melting. We know there's droughts. It's a worldwide problem. Somebody said this is the century of drought. Tremendous storms, hurricanes. As said, you know, we've always had these things, but far, far worse. California, such a drought that the governor of California has stated it used to be wildfire season was three months or so. Now it's all year long. So this is affecting Israel. God forbid if the Mediterranean rises. As the ice caps melt, then the uh, majority of the Israeli population on the coastal plain will be negatively affected. And here is something that most people don't realize. Everybody knows we've got to get more efficient cars, better light bulbs. Just do a lot of things, you know, carpool and bike. At, uh, by the way, we have Shia here, perfect example of vegetarian. How many days do you bike for... Uh, that uh, a five-day bike ride, five day bike ride and raise some money. So if you're interested in supporting that, see uh, Shia a little bit later. Okay, so this is it, but here's an amazing, amazing thing. The UN, in November 2006, in a report, the Food and Agricultural Organization, report called Livestock's Long Shadow, indicated that animal-based agriculture emits more greenhouse gases in carbon dioxide equivalents than all the cars, trucks, planes, ships, 
world where all the means of transportation combined, and this is largely because of methane, the cows give off, 23 times as potent as carbon dioxide. So this is a major thing. It's 18% of the greenhouse gas emissions, carbon dioxide equivalents, from animal-based agriculture, only 13.5%. Think of all the traffic jams you've been in, all the airplanes, et cetera, et cetera. Animal agriculture, far more, 18% versus 13.5%. And the projections are for animal-based agriculture to double in the next 50 years. So you can change the light bulbs, get more efficient cars, but if we don't have a major shift to vegetarian diets, we are not going to solve the global warming problem. Israel, as we know it, is just not going to be the same. And there's many other problems, to say the least. But this is one. If we don't solve that, everything else will be unimportant. It, the whole world is threatened, really. And vegetarianism is part of the answer. Okay. Now, yeah. oh, we got the... Oh, great. Okay. Now, one other very important reason that it's essential, we're not only trying to revitalize the Jewish Vegetarian Society here in Israel, in a way we're trying to revitalize Judaism altogether because animal-based diets and agriculture are inconsistent with six important Jewish mandates. You know, Judaism's a marvelous religion. God forbid we're not trying to start a new religion. We're saying, let's put it into practice. Every day, people essentially have a diet that is in conflict with six important mandates. These are to take care of our health, to show compassion for animals, to preserve the environment. The basic mandate that uh, related to, for example, in yesterday's posture, chapter 2, verse 15, human beings were put into Gan Eden to work the land, but also to be shomrim, to guard it. We are to be shomrei adama. Okay, so these are minutes. The fourth one is Bautashkit, to conserve resources. Fifth, to help hungry people. And sixth, to seek peace and pursue peace. And I don't have time to really go into this much, but a lot of people wonder, what is the connection? I said one of the mandates is to seek and pursue peace. And people may wonder, what is the connection? Well, it turns out our sages saw that the words lechem and melchama, because the words for bread and war come from the same root, they deduce from that that when there's a shortage of grain and other resources, people are more likely to go to war. And of course, we saw that in biblical days with the battles over water at the well and see it over oil today. Now, again, animal-based diets are very wasteful. It's incredible. Israel now has the worst drought in its history. It's a century of drought and animal-based diets because we're feeding 40% of the grain in this world to animals destined for slaughter. So animal-based diets can take up to 14 times as much water as plant-based diets. So this is more likely, and uh, experts are saying that with global warming, there's going to be many, many refugees fleeing from floods, from droughts, from storms, from wildfires, from disease. More and more refugees, and according to a report from 11 retired American admirals and generals, this makes instability, violence, terrorism, and war more likely. So this is why it's certainly 
it's not the whole answer, but vegetarianism is a part of what would help by uh, freeing up more resources and all. That's why we say the slogan of the vegetarian movement and the peace movement are one and the same. Same slogan, vegetarian movement, peace movement. All we're saying is give peas a chance. Okay. So anyway, we have these mandates, and I just want to very quickly go through. I found eight examples in last week's partial and this coming partial very quickly that point to why it's essential, again, we have a Jewish vegetarian society. Right in the first chapter of Bereshit, right in the beginning of the Torah, God's first dietary law, Bereshit, chapter 1, verse 29, strictly vegetarian. The two ideal times in Judaism, Ganadin and the Messianic period, because according to Ralph Cook, the vegetarian period will also, the Messianic period will be vegetarian because based on the words of Isaiah, the lion, the wolf will dwell with the lamb, the lion will destroy with the ox, no one shall hurt nor destroy in all of God's holy mountain. And that last part about no one hurting or destroying is the motto of the International Jewish Vegetarian Society, as I said, founded by Philip Pick in London, and this is like uh, an offshoot of that. So right in its first chapter. Now, in addition, that very first chapter we're told that human beings uniquely are created the Tselem Elohim. And one interpretation of that, we're created in God's image, that means we should imitate God. And it indicates in Psalms, the book of Psalms, that God's mercies are over all of his creatures. We're to imitate that, so human beings, we're supposed to be Rachmanim, B'nai Rachmanim. And it's a little hard to do that when... Uh, 56 billion animals are treated so badly in factory farms and then are slaughtered. And again, that's going to double in the next 50 years. So we have that. Now, there's also some uh, verses that are misinterpreted in chapter 1. We were given dominion, okay, over animals. But that is interpreted as responsible stewardship. We are to be stewards to take care of the earth. It's certainly we don't have a blank check, you know, dominion, we want to kill animals and all that. We're supposed to be responsible stewards, so we have to live up to that mandate. Then, as we pointed out, one example of the fact that dominion is not uh, just a carte blanche to do whatever we want, first, right after that, we have Genesis 129, which is God's first dietary regimen, strictly vegetarian, actually vegan. Chapter 2, verse 15 Humans were put in the Garden of Eden to work the land, but also to guard it. So we are to be Shomre Hadama, guardians of the earth. And also you can see that it's so necessary today because think, unfortunately, even in Israel, tremendous air pollution. Far more people die from air pollution than from terrorism and automobile accidents combined. Think of the Kishon River in Haifa, Yarkon, all the polluted rivers all the environmental problems, and also that global warming. So we have to be Shomrei Hadama. Then I thought in the Haftorah yesterday, Isaiah indicates our role in many ways, but one of them is we are to be an oral agoyim. So we are to be a light onto the nation to serve as an example. And one way is to promote vegetarianism because unless there's a major shift to vegetarianism, as they say, the world will continue heading toward disaster. More drought, more flood, more tremendous storms, etc., etc. This is what the, the um, 
but also the intergovernmental panel on climate change is indicating all of these changes that we see almost in the news every day that's due to an increase of about 1.4 degrees Fahrenheit in the last 100 years they are projecting an increase of 3 to 11 degrees Fahrenheit so you can imagine if that happens the tremendous problems we haven't seen anything yet unfortunately and there are some climate scientists who feel we are very close to a tipping point where things can spiral out of control uh, with very disastrous consequences unless action is taken soon. So vegetarianism, of course, is not a complete answer, but it's part of it. It's an essential step. So we have to be a light on to the nation, serve as an example at the beginning. We're only, unfortunately, a tiny percent of the world's population. People say, so what can we do? But the example we show, don't forget Abraham Avino, we're going to read about him in a couple of weeks, how one person can change the world. And of course, Moshe Rabbeinu and the Nevi'im, we're not far from uh, Nevi'im Street over here. Okay, so we have that. He also said we are to be God's witnesses. So we have to be witnesses. Take a look around and see the madness and sheer insanity going on there where, if anything, animal-based diets are increasing. Countries like China and India moving toward animal-based diets, but also in the Western world, you know, people saying, how can I have Friday night without meat or chicken or whatever? But as Dan so beautifully expressed, their former chief rabbi, Gorin, chief rabbi of all of Israel, strict vegetarian, Rabbi Shayash of Cohen, chief rabbi of Haifa, strict vegetarian from birth, father of the Nazir of Yerushalayim, and also, as he pointed out, the chief rabbi of England. So certainly if chief rabbis can be vegetarians, uh, we certainly can be, and we try to point out there's a choice out there, but that choice should take into account how animal-based diets and agriculture are very negatively impinging on these basic Jewish teachings. Okay, so again, next week's Parsha, Noah. The species today are really being threatened. Probably all know the polar bears are threatened and all that. As the ice melts, they have to swim further and further, and they have a limited distance they can swim. Polar bears are in danger. Something like a quarter of the mammals in this world are in danger of extinction and all that. And who knows, human beings at the so-called top of the food chain, we can be in danger as well. In addition, from Noah, that was a time when the entire world is threatened. The same thing is true today. And, of course, we're going to read some feel Abraham was more righteous because Noah spent 120 years building an ark, trying to get people to ask questions and maybe change their ways. Abraham even argued with Hashem. We're not the judge of all the earth, do justly and all that. So we have to be, follow, be in the footsteps, follow in the ways of Noah and also of Abraham and try to make a difference. So to sum it up, it's essential we have a active Jewish vegetarian society. We have this wonderful building. Hopefully, we'll be able to use it fully in a short period of time. And also, Israel is the ideal place to be active in a sense, because uh, just even if it did nothing but in Jerusalem, we have the chief rabbis here. 
We have the Knesset here. We have many yeshivas here. Many things happening here. I think the Knesset has an animal rights caucus. So there is a possibility of doing a lot between Yerushalayim and Tel Aviv, a lot of environmentalists. So there's great potential to make a difference. And again, we're not, God forbid, saying, let's start a new religion. We're saying, let's put Judaism really into practice. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful, powerful teachings, but what good are they if we say how nice they are, but right all around us there's in the world, 50 billion farmed animals really very, very cruelly treated on factory farms, an epidemic of disease, all these environmental problems, world hunger, 20 million people dying of hunger, while 70% of the grain produced in the U.S. and 40% worldwide being fed to animals. And all the extra water energy, of course, we know is a big problem. So, I have one question for this group here. Can we revitalize the Jewish Vegetarian Society? Yes. Must we revitalize yes. it? Yes. Will, will we revitalize it? Yes. Um, will, you, will everyone here do their part? Yes. Yes. You know, take a look. It's one thing, like the Jerusalem Post, for example, it's a paper for the whole country. I could write to a paper in the States and, you know, 2%, 5%. But here, papers are for the whole country, letters to editor. We have the case. We have truth, morality, and justice on our side. Unfortunately, we have very limited <coughs> resources. But, you know, the truth will prevail. And uh, let us move on from there. Thank you very much. And-